Hi, need a ride? Hop on in. I'm headed to Julia's Trucking Cafe. Come on, let's go. We made it just in time. Come on, let's go get a seat. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Julia's Trucking Cafe. Welcome. Glad you have a seat. Everybody get something to drink? Sweet. Now let's just sit back and enjoy the show. I have a lot of topics to discuss as usual. A trooper finds unsecure explosives in a roadside inspection. In Maine, state police say that they placed the truck out of service after making an explosive discovery during a roadside inspection, pun intended. The incident happened on Monday, the end of October, from according to the Maine State Police. Pictures will and the article will be in the show notes, but this explosives were uh, 1.5 explosives they were in boxes on a pallet that was not shrunk wrap. The pal- two pallets were side by side in a dry van. That, according to the pictures, that were just load locked in, and the explosives were not shrunk wrap. They weren't banded together. They weren't nothing. And of course, the cases fell over. This could have been a good big boom. Chris Rogers inspected a commercial vehicle on Route 197 in Richmond that was being driven for Maxim Northeast LLC during a DOT roadside inspection. The transport driver was transporting three different types of explosive blasting agents in the truck, which were not properly secured. He was driving from Litchfield, Maine to Groton, New Hampshire. Federal law requires hazardous materials to be protected against shifting and falling during transportation. The truck was placed out of service due to this issue, according to Maine State Police Department. In other news, FMCSA plans to study how driver schedules impact crash risk. The FMCSA is planning on gathering data and public comments on how commercial vehicle driver schedules impact driver fatigue and highway safety. The FMCSA is seeking approval to move forward with the next phase of study on the real-world impact of regulations designed to curb driver fatigue. If the agency receives approval, it plans to collect more data on how current hours of service regulations affect truck driver performance and fatigue. The main focus of the study will answer the following questions. What is the relative crash risk by hour of driving? The number of total crashes by the hour, the number of drivers by hour of driving. What is the relative crash risk by hour of driving per week? What is the relative crash risk of driving breaks? Comparison of crash rates for drivers who take no breaks compared to drivers who take one and two 30 minute breaks in one day. What is the relative crash risk as a function of recovery periods that contain one period between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m., which is what we used to have, compared to two periods between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m., and as a function of weekly working hours before and after a 34-hour restart? 
their uh, example comparing the relative crash risk of schedules with more opportunities for restorative sleep during the natural satiation low and how is each of the HOS provisions being used well you know I on this article my personal opinion is I get this a lot with driving with a uh, reefer trailer and having to go to grocery warehouses like now I'm broadcasting live from Walmart DC in Auburn Indiana woohoo you know and been up all day I have a nine uh, I'm here for 3 p.m. Eastern time and then I have a 9 p.m. appointment but yet I'm supposed to get 10 hours of rest so you're wound up for the whole day you have to drive now we know it takes a minimum of four hours for them to get you empty so i may get out of here by 7 p.m tonight 7 30 even eight o'clock i'm an hour away from my next delivery and that's at 9 9 30 try to get in there early and then turn around in another four hours so 12 12 30 but yet i'm supposed to get 10 hours worth of sleep all righty then so then I might shut down someplace at midnight, maybe, maybe not. Then turn around and sleep till 10 or 11. And then have to get to Moberly, Missouri for 3.30 in the afternoon tomorrow. Yeah, okay. Good luck with that one. But we're supposed to get restorative sleep, you know, and take more breaks and all this kind of stuff for crashes. They ha- when are they going to start investigating the four-wheelers? When are they going to start taking a look at these videos of these crashes and realizing that a lot of it is the four-wheelers' fault of the stupid crap they do? Now, mind you, the driver, truck drivers out here are being more and more stupid as they go on. On the way up here, for example, there was a construction zone on 69. Either the left lane's closed or the right lane's closed. Well, this happened to be the left lane is closed. They're pouring concrete on a bridge. And apparently somebody was going too fast, didn't want to move over, whatever the case may be. And the tunnel that the concrete slides down from, the concrete, the mixer, concrete mixer, with the big barrel that spins around, we all know what it is, and they have that tunnel that folds up that all the concrete slides down. It was hanging off the side of a Volvo truck, semi-truck, parked on the shoulder of the road a little ways down from where they were pouring concrete on the bridge. How in the world did he catch it back on the cab extender? We call it also a wing. Behind the cab, didn't hurt the mirror or nothing. It's hooked up on the top and it's hanging there. How in the world are going to get that off of there? I have no idea. Because it's steel and it's, you know, still has concrete layered in it. That's heavy. I don't know if they're going to need a crane or a portable crane or a high lift or something to get that thing off of there. And he's parked on the shoulder of the road and they had two state patrols behind him. I seen it on the way up here. So comments on the data collection initiative, back to the article, are being accepted now through December 24th of 2018. If you would like to leave a comment, you can click on the link for this article. And you can also, uh, there is a link in the article where you can leave a comment. Just scroll down toward the bottom of the article. Again, with all the articles, it's going to be in the show notes. Yes, I understand. This, I'm running late with the shows, and I greatly apologize. It's just been really nuts so lately. So I'm really trying my best. 
also I wanted to be real professional and get some uh, recording of uh, Administrator Martinez for another article that I'm going to have here, The Winds of Change here shortly, reporting on it. And uh, the audio doesn't come out good when I re-record it. So I'm just going to talk about it. I will put the audio in the show notes. Um, where you can go ahead and play it for yourself and listen for yourself. It's not very long. Um, he is speaking, I'll, I'll tell you here in a minute. Uh, sorry that I digress. But anyway, in other news, the state of Virginia is eyeballing 81 for tolls. Virginia transportation officials are considering tolling drivers on I-81 to the tune of $2 billion in order to fund infrastructure improvements. Virginia DOT officials say that I-81 is in serious need of improvements to cut down on crashes and to reduce traffic congestion. They have identified dozens of improvements to be made to I-81, but those changes won't be cheap. Shannon Valentine, Secretary of Transportation in Virginia, said we've identified about $4 billion worth of improvements. The funding options we're presenting today would be for $2 billion. Improvements would include adding another lane to the interstate, lengthening on and off ramps, and adding lighted signage. Valentine says that a number of funding options are on the table, including truck tolling, a gas tax, sales tax, truck tolling tax, and every kind of interesting idea, an annual pass that would be available for passenger cars. An increase in the motor fuels tax is also being considered. Valentine stated that the proposed truck toll would be no more than 17 cents per mile. And taking into account the miles up 81 in Virginia, just a rough guesstimate, we're looking at about $60 for the toll if for trucks if that toll would come into effect. She also said that it's considering a plan to toll trucks less at night a move which officials would hope convince some truck drivers to operate at night. Several groups have spoken out against the idea of truck tolling, arguing that the tolls would harm Virginia businesses and could force truck traffic onto Route 11 and 460. Yeah, because there's a lot of drivers that don't pay tolls, and we go everywhere and their brother for paying tolls. This episode of Julia's Truck at Cafe is brought to you by Julia's Virtual Assistance Service. Have you ever thought about hiring a virtual assistant? Do you even know what a virtual assistant is? Well, may I suggest you contact Julia's Virtual Assistant Service to find out how they can help you and your business. Do you have things that you hate doing? Well, hand them over to Julia's Virtual Assistant Service and concentrate on the things that you like to do. From basic, they handle basic web design, social media marketing to transcription. Julia's Virtual Assistant Service can help you and your business with the things that you hate doing. Are you a driver? Do you have to do book work? Are you an owner-operator that has to file taxes at the end of the year? Julia's Assistance, Virtual Assistant Service can help you with your bookkeeping and inserting all of your receipts onto a spreadsheet. And that all you have to do is turn that into your accountant at the end of the year. Any task that you have, hand it over to them. Contact Julia's Virtual Assistant Service today by visiting their website at juliasvaservice.com. That's Julia's, V as in Victor, A as in Apple, service.com, juliasvaservice.com for fast turnaround time and economical pricing. 
Visit Julia's VA service today. Now, Administrator Martinez of the FMCSA spoke last weekend at the NATSIC, the National Association of Small Trucking Companies conference that was going on. Some of the things that he spoke about was how he realizes that small trucking companies make up over 90% of the companies out here that move America. And he spoke about what's going on in D.C. with other regulations. He called it the winds of change are afoot at the FMCSA. He did the opening keynote at the annual conference. Leadership at the Department of Transportation on up to the President of the United States, he added, wants us to work with the regulated community going on to emphatically validate an oft-repeated statistic among the small fleet and owner-operator community. I recognize and respect the fact, and this is a fact, he emphasized, that 90% of the trucking industry is represented by carriers with 10 or fewer power units. It may have not been recognized in the past, but I can tell you it is loud and clear in our offices today. This was when... He also, I, from what I understand, is when the trucks marched up on, drove up to D.C. and were at the Washington Mall, that the president did show up. Martinez's address otherwise was a roundup of a variety of potential regulatory changes that are in process. Regular, um, this is in the Overdrive magazine. Will be, and the readers will be familiar with all of them, including the current status of implementation process of the ELDs uh, mandate and the sunset scheduled in December 2019, a previous generation e-logs, otherwise known as automatic onboard recording devices. He also touched on a proposal to establish a pilot program for under 21 CDL drivers with military training and petitions aimed at establishing federal preemption of state wage and hour laws around meal and rest breaks, aimed primarily at California's rules, the future of automated vehicles, the pilot program for scrubbing a variety of clearly non-preventable crashes from carrier data that underpins the CSA program, and more. So I will have his full address, like I mentioned earlier in the program, in the show notes, where you could go ahead and play it under the show notes, under the cafe menu on our website, which is juliastruckatcafe.com. He said, I may have also just backed myself into a corner, but it's no secret the agency has put potential hours change on a fast track. Martinez also added that this in his speech, though he didn't comment even moving forward, the actual next step, a notice of proposed rulemaking. Um, There was also a question and answer period. And um, so this article is actually um, a little bit lengthy. You could go ahead and read it in the show notes. I will notate that Transportation Person of the Year was a founder of Women in Trucking Organization, Ellen Voya, who um, founded with a goal of increasing the percentage of women employed in trucking. Um, women in Trucking will host its fourth annual Accelerated Conference and Expo, November 12th to the 14th, and um, Embassy Suites by Hilton Dallas, Frisco Hotel Convention Center, and Spa. And uh, they are out of she, the uh, headquarters for women in trucking is out of Flover, Wisconsin, which is just out of my um, hometown. Uh, and there's also they um, announced the broker of the year, and they also celebrated 
um, an 80th birthday celebration and lifetime achievement recognition for uh, Dan Baker. So on, now on the top story, an attentive FedEx driver saves a little life while making a delivery. A FedEx driver makes a startling discovery under his truck while dropping off a package. Um... Uh, Brian Nash on Facebook back in October writes that the baby was crawling outside under his truck after his truck was parked to make a delivery. Luckily, he saw her before he backed up. Nobody around where he was delivering the package was supervising the toddler who was just outside toddling around, possibly got out, you know, playing in the garage or something and possibly got out. So, Mr. Nash, thank you so much for being very um, attentive in your job and looking around your vehicle. That is a high note and a notation for all of us to make sure you walk around your vehicle after you park because you never know what's going to crawl under your vehicle from an animal to a toddler, um, uh, another child or any bikes or anything could be left behind your vehicle. So always make sure you do a walk around. This video as well will be in the show notes. And um, you can see the little toddler there at the top of the featured picture on this episode. OIDA Truckers for Troops are, is kicking off their care package. Um, it's during the week leading up to Veterans Day, which is now the 5th through the 9th. I'm a little late with this. But if you... Um, join OOIDA or renew your membership for $35 they'll give 10% of that toward care packages to the troops so it's just the it's not the Christmas one but it's at least the care package for the troops in other news a lost truck driver runs over multiple signs in Pennsylvania the Pennsylvania police say that charges are pending against a truck driver after a bizarre hit and run incident that ended in alleged assault the incident occurred early on the morning of November 1st in Crescent Township, Pennsylvania. Police say that a Missouri-based truck driver became lost in a residential neighborhood. While presumably looking for a way out of the neighborhood, police say that the truck driver ran over several stop signs and street signs as well as mailboxes. And you could see the pictures of the damage. When neighborhood resident Jeremiah Hall left his house to check out his dog, the truck driver approached Hall and began speaking, but Hall, who was deaf, could not understand him. I had no idea he was talking, and then he pushed me, and then he grabbed me around his throat. I got, and I got mad and was going to follow him, and then he thought better of it, so he turned around and he'd come back home. The truck driver left the scene after the altercation, and then Crescent Township Police were later able to locate the driver, and they say he will be charged. He says the case, they say the case has been solved, the company has been no, notified, and they're providing video footage of the events to the department. Charges will be pending once our investigation is complete. The driver is allegedly from Missouri and is currently heading into the company's terminal in Kentucky. Uh, town officials say this is not the first time that a lost truck driver has entered the neighborhood and they plan to put up more signs to keep big rigs away. Don't always listen to your GPS. Moral of the story. And I've also wanted to tell you that our tip of the week this week, number one, is not to listen to. You always listen to your GPS when you're going into a residential area. A couple of tips. Number two is slow down in construction zones. You never know uh, when you're going to snag something like a concrete mixer tunnel. So 
I hope everybody has a good week. This week's episode, I kind of ran through it. I apologize about that. There again, I'm waiting for Walmart to call me that I'm um, done with my getting empty. We'll see how that goes. But I hope everybody has a good week. And I hope you keep the shiny side up. And until next week, where I'm going to be possibly changing that platform and working on a few new surprises. So hopefully stay tuned. Make sure that you keep checking the other pages of uh, as far as stupid things that drivers do and the recipes. Also, please like and subscribe to our iTunes. Please uh, follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. And also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are on iHeartRadio and in the android on google play i'm trying that kind of got messed up but i'm trying to get that fixed i appreciate all of my listeners thank you so much for liking and subscribing and constantly listening thank you for putting up with me missing a week or two Uh, from time to time things just get too hectic i'm trying to scramble to get everything together um, and then it just didn't work out like i wanted it to but i am trying i'm trying to make the show better and um, make it a little bit more entertaining for everybody so thank you again for uh, continued listening and continued support i love you guys very much and have a blessed week Oh,